Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Coming home to Wyoming, it still feels like an adventure. It still feels big and wild and raw. There's a lot of these little jewels sitting out there that not a lot of people know about that bring you closer to something bigger than yourself. Discover why Academy Award-winning director and climber Jimmy Chin still calls Wyoming home. And plan your adventure at TravelWyoming.com. All right. Hello and welcome to the... Go on. Oh, no, no, it's good. No, you do it. No, no, it's too late now. I'm going to have to put that in. All right. Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. That's all I can remember. I've forgotten my lines. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up. In our very, very humble opinion. Today, <laughs> you're laughing at the way I'm, I'm presenting that. Oh, you're listening. Yeah, because I remember that bit too. Yeah, well, In can, our very, I, very humble opinion. Yeah, which we do try, and we do try and be humble. Yeah. Today, we're talking about how to make a micro-budget drama feature film to great acclaim. I'm Charles Alderson. Uh, I'm the director and co-writer along with Johnny Grant of the psychological horror feature film The Dare and I'm the director of the feature documentary World of Darkness which is out now I'm also the producer of Serial Killer's Guide to Life and Cassette both feature films are in post alright mate we get it you make films I am joined as co-host today I'm going to ignore that by my star of Not For Profit and wonderful co-director of the feature documentary the thought because I, it says I well to that. I had nothing to do with that. No, you didn't, but nothing. you should have. Should have. You look like a vampire. Better. You have played vampires in the past. That's how we know um, each other. Food for thought. Yeah, we're making that together, aren't we? Food for thought. Yeah. And uh, obviously, not for profit as well. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to our producer on that, Henrik Johansson, who actually was a fantastic producer. It's kind of the thing you want from a producer is when there's a director, you go, look, I need this. Is that possible to go get it? For them to go, yeah, no problem. I'm on it. That's ace. That's what you want from a producer, right? And what a lovely guy as well. Absolutely is. So we're in post on that. I'm working through the edit now with Amma and it's going really well. Looking good. Dance performances. Exemplary. Subpar. But, so, but hey, you know, it's like a, if you were doing a, a golf course and you had to get a par three. It would be a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, oh no, it's a good, good thing. That's a yeah, good no. thing, yeah. You, you, okay. You've bigged up your own yeah. performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. Uh, but he is, he's a hole in one, is Dan. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Dan? What else is, are you going to Berlin? Tell us about that. Oh, it's, I mean, the thing is, the Berlin thing is a business sideline, which is which is nothing to do with filmmaking, really. So, Boring. It's, uh, you know, so, you, know you, could have told us, you could have, you could have, you could have, I could have come in um, 15 yeah. minutes later. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, what I'll do, like, for the next 45 minutes, I'll let you know, I'll t- talk through what's going to happen in Berlin, uh, step by step, and uh, in the voice of Alan Partridge. Well, that would be amazing. Uh-huh. But technically, it's my show, so funny. 
That's one of my favourite lines in Partridge. And the radio show. Cock press Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, we're coming at you from Just Voices Agency today. It's our brilliant friends who have a wonderful recording facilities here. If you need a voiceover, ADR session, or want to do a podcast, it's already very reasonably priced, but they will give you great rates if you mention the Filmmakers Podcast. They're really cool here. Speak to Simon, speak to Lee, or speak to Elizabeth. Lovely, lovely people. Just Voices Agency, Just Voices Studio, justvoicesagency.com. You know the drill by now. Subscribe to us on iTunes, like, share, and retweet, and let us know you'd like it. We're part of the Bridpod scene and the Podfix network where you can listen to some other amazing podcasts like Weird With You, More Gooder Than, Weird With You, Two Girls on a Bench, Fan Encounters, Shake and Not Nerd, and Weird With You. Did I just say Weird With You? Yes, I did. And that was just for you. Three times you wanted, right? Well, I gave you five. You're counting it up now. If you like your funny bone tickled and off-the-wall topics, silly tangents and ridiculous segments, then join Justine and Santiago on the Weird With You podcast, which you can listen to on the Podfix Network. Thanks, guys. Um, Welcome. Welcome to this week's show, and thank you for listening. Last couple of weeks, or last maybe month, we haven't actually bigged up and got out there the fact that we want you to go and make your indie films. We want you to go screenwrite, we want you to go produce, we want you to do whatever you can to make your film. We think that is something really important and something that we really do try and get the message across because that's what we set this up for, to help indie filmmakers make their films, right? And the common message from most people we've interviewed when we've said, what's your advice for people, is just go do it. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about doing something, if you're just on the verge of doing something, do it. Yep. And you might end up on the show. Absolutely. That's the best thing of all. Would be the best thing in the world right. for you. I mean, you might get the film distributed, but you'd end up on this which podcast. Is, which is more important than life. It's the very pinnacle. Can I just jump in and say? You sure. can, Mark. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Here's that 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got your iPhone today, which I imagine you have, go shoot something. If you want writing that script, go and write that script. Do whatever you can today to make your film. You're listening to this because you're a filmmaker or you want to be making films. So go do it. Let us inspire you in some tiny way. Hashtag make your film. Get on with it. We love you for that. Okay. Uh, Earlier on, can I just say, yeah. you said like, share, and retweet. Yeah. So I think out there it's important to clarify. We don't want you to like, share. Or you can like, share as well. Because mm. she's good. But what we're saying is like, comma, share, and retweet. Thank right? you. Because otherwise, you, you know what's going to happen. Share's going to go through the roof. She's going to be coming in, thanking us, and trying it all on. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just to control that would be great. So like, thank you. Share and retweet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just like share. <laughs> There's loads of people out there going, who's fuck share? Yeah, all the youngsters. Well, yeah, what? I saw a house in LA. She was a man. She does all right. She does all right. She does all right for herself. Right for herself. So yeah, don't like share. Like, share and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, uh, this week I've been helping the wonderful director Phil Hawkins on a Christmas advert for Not on the High Street. So do look out for that when it's out. And I had a lovely time. Basically, Phil made a feature film in two days called Being Sold, which is a a wonderful feature film. Very cool. He made it in two days. And he made the horror feature The Last Showing, which stars Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. Listen to him chat about how he made both those films on episode 14. 
Obviously, I've been attending the Raindance Film Festival where I went to the opening night gala and party with casting director Nikki Topping and director Dan Lowenstein. Hey, guys. We had a wonderful night chatting to fellow filmmakers, networking away, which is what I really um, preach about as well, is get out there and do network. I know it's hard. It's not easy. But do it because you do meet people and people are willing to then see your work because they met you face to face, which is, I think, vital. Also, while I was at Raindance, I watched our episode 54 guest, Alex Ferrari's excellent indie film, which was set at the Sundance Film Festival about filmmakers, which was called On the Corner of Ego and Desire. It was really cool. Um, It's all about filmmakers trying to sell their film. It's like Kevin Smith's clerks for filmmakers. And I bumped into our listeners, Connor Burrow and screenwriter Sarah Thomas there as well. Lovely to see you guys continue writing your scripts, continue making your films. It means the world to me that you are doing that. I love Connor. I worked on Kill Kane with Connor. Yeah, he said say hello. Hello, Connor. Hello. Hello, buddy. Miss you, man. If you want to listen to how Alex Ferrari made his film, then listen to him on episode 54. And last night, the night before, at Raindance, I watched our guest from two weeks ago, Mark V. Price's excellent action comedy, Night Shooters. It was hilarious and bittersweet with some amazing direction. Well done, Mark. Really quality filmmaking, pal. The film will be out at the end of the year, and you can listen to him on the podcast on episode 75 uh, about how he made that. And it's a very funny podcast indeed. I think it's funny is that we're literally talking about rain dance, we're talking about film screens, we're talking about Mark, and we haven't got around to our guest yet. Who's also called Mark. Speaking of Mark... I am delighted. Hang on, I just need to go to the loo. Right, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back to rain dance. See you guys later. <laughs> I am delighted to give a massive filmmaking podcast welcome to Mark Gillis. Well, Hello, thank mate. you very much. Hello. Hello, Mark. Did you like our intro? I, I, was that the intro? God, mm. okay. Yes. Oh, get it, very get it. <laughs> the intro. And then we'll do a five-minute talk. That was ten minutes. Off. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, this wow. is a 17 minutes okay. podcast. <laughs> How are you, buddy? You all right? I'm really well, yeah. How are you? I'm very well. I'm going to do a little intro about you. Okay. So our listeners know right. where you've come from. little background. Okay. Uh, I stole this Go from on. online and I uh, oh. sort of made it up a little bit. <laughs> okay. Put it in my own words. Right. Okay. Mark began his career with a comedy act 76A, 76A yes, touring 76A. company. Yes. Yeah. As a writer and performer. And he also wrote for Radio 4's topical comedy show Weekending. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. And he's then combined his writing, performance and directing ever since. As an actor, he most recently played uh, Agrippa in the Chichester production of <laughs> Anthony and Cleopatra with Sex in the City's Kim Cattrall. Yes. Who was amazing in Mannequin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She does a lovely little thing with her nose when she does that little, like, what's her name, the little witch that goes like that. Mm, bewitched. Bewitched. Moving on. Mark's television and film include Silent Witness, EastEnders, Holby, The British Empire, The Bill, Emmerdale, Grange Hill, Absolute Hell, Prick. I wasn't talking about you, Dan. I'm talking about a TV show that Mark was I'm in. I'm reading it here. I can't see Prick. Oh, there it is. Jean Moulin, uh, Either or, Going Home, uh, feature film Ideal Husband, and new Channel 4 comedy, Lee and Dean, which is now on More 4. Yes, it is. Yeah, and there's a, a second series coming up as well, Woo-hoo! which I think we're shooting in, I say we, uh, I, th- I think I'm in, um, in uh, October, November this year. So That is super great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's super good. news. He produced a short film, either God, or. God, there's more. And has written, and, I know, this is your career. Yeah, this it is sounds all right when you say it, I think. It doesn't, yeah, it? Yeah, I'm doesn't it? Oh, isn't it always nice? I know. <laughs> we get people in, we go, so this is Mark, and he's... Uh, well, he's quite tall. <laughs> and, he's got uh, a nice green jumper. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, lovely beard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very handsome man as well, by the way. That's the only reason he's on the show. <laughs> as Dan has attested. Um, he, yeah, he wrote Good thing it's audio only. <laughs> he wrote 
wrote and directed the short films Landing and A Quiet Drink, which was funded and produced by the UK Film Council, which yes. is very interesting. Lesson. And two of his feature-length screenplays have been optioned and now in development. Yes. Amazing right. news. And his Thank first you. feature film as writer and director, Sync, has been picked up by Verve Distribution and will be released in cinemas on demand and on DVD this Friday, the 12th of October. Yeah! Welcome, Mark Gillis, <laughs> to the Filmmakers Podcast! Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank, thank you, you buddy. Um, this pod is all about helping people to get off their asses and make their first mm. film or continue making feature films. So, yeah. let's start at the beginning. Yeah. How did you actually start? How did you want to become an actor, director, filmmaker? What was it? Uh, well, I was, I'd always done a lot of youth theatre. Oh. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I got to university, there was a, uh, I went to the University of Kent. Uh, but I didn't do drama, actually. But um, there was a fantastic theatre on the campus that we, we used, uh, the Gulbenkian. And so I was doing a lot of uh, theatre there. And then... Um, as you said in your wonderful introduction, thank you. Um, we did a we formed a three man comedy act, three of us, mm-hmm. and went up to Edinburgh and did that whole thing. And we were seen up there by a guy from the BBC who asked us to write for Weekending. Amazing. And that kind of kicked it off. So we were doing that and and sort of touring our own kind of character based comedy, <clears throat> as well as writing uh, kind of political stuff for for Weekending. So that sort of kicked it off, and I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just sort of started and didn't stop. So you didn't really go to drama school or film no, school at all? No, I didn't, no, no, no. I mean, in fact, my degree was biochemistry, so... Wow. Um, so that was... And weirdly, I thought I was so sort of exotic, you know, having mm. done biochemistry. And there's been about three companies now where I've, you know, sort of said very grandly, yeah, well, my degree was biochemistry. And somebody else has gone, oh, yeah, I did that as well. <laughs> oh, no. I thought I was the only one. Pulled no. the rug from under you completely. Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. that's really harsh. <laughs> we actually made... Uh, some comedy shorts yes, together. It's how we, we first did. met. Yes. Called Too Big to Play yes. with Jez Bond, who yes. now is the artistic director of the Park Theatre. Indeed. He established it. Indeed. That was fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. I remember you doing sketches in my bathroom. I was pretty much naked you in were your bathroom. Pretty much naked in my bathroom, yes. It was it in soup? Was I in soup? <laughs> you were in soup, yes. In, in actual yes. soup. In your bathroom. It, it, your bathroom. In the bath and in the shower, soup. from what I remember, yes. I was wow. in the shower yes, as well. Yes. Wasn't I like washing my hair in the soup? In the soup. And like advertising soup. Indeed, yes very funny yeah. the, the neighbours still ask after you incidentally yeah. <laughs> that, that man in the soup <laughs> that man who did the soup we yes. really liked him he was soupy I super. think it's still on. Super. Oh dear! Yes. This is the kind. Was of it was actual soup. soup or was it? Yeah, it was yeah. real. How did you get it out of your? Bath. That took a long time. Right. Fact, I still find bits of, you know... <laughs> bits of me. <laughs> I digress. No. Yeah, no. that was fun. Was that your first foray into directing? Uh, no, I'd, I'd sort of directed... Um, that was after I directed the shorts, actually. Oh, OK. And it was more right. It was writing first, I think, that, that you know, because um, I was acting. And then I started sort of writing... You know, seriously, seriously, as I saw it, mm. um, and uh, did a, you know several screenplays that yeah. were a kind of learning curve, um, and then had this one that was um, taken up very quickly by uh, a very big producer um, for a for a five year option for a pound, as it and is. that's the one yeah. that went into the film council. And, and to, I won't go into the details, but it was one of those things where you know the actor, the lead actor, never met the finance. Right, and I'm making hand signals here. Of course, it's completely hopeless for a podcast. You understand what I mean. <laughs> so the level of finance for the actor never quite matched the level of finance that was coming from the 
financiers. And, it, you know, after five years, sure enough, mm. I had my pound and that was it. And so um, and then it happened with another script and then it happened with a play that I'd written where it looked like it was going to happen. Um, and this is all leading up to what you started by saying, which is, you know, there is that moment where you think, well, I just want to, I have to do something, you know, I can't have all this stuff just locked in my, you know, mm. on my laptop and kind of not getting out anywhere. Um, which, and when I was writing Sync, I realized I could do it very cheaply because I knew, you know, I knew what the location. So I used my house as unit base, you know, I knew where we were. It's all set around where I live. Mm. I knew exactly who I wanted to be in it. And uh, so I just thought, yeah, actually, we can we can do this cheaply and we can do it really cheaply and I'm not even going to send it, this script out anywhere. I'm just going to do it because that's the only way I can guarantee doing it. But there is always that moment where you go, you know, am I really going to do, you know, there's that, da for me it was a day, there was a day when I thought this is really bonkers, you know, mm. and and then it's about just saying, no, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it's it's that decision that just takes you through, I think. Because once it starts, it's a bit of a juggernaut, isn't it? Yeah. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. The train doesn't But it's stop. that moment of having, you know, am I going to do it? No. Am I going to do it? Yes. It's that, isn't it? Mm. I remember The it. difference between being, you know, getting it made and not. Not. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was trying to get some big films, same thing. It was stuck in that development hell. And the bigger names kept getting attached. And it was like, oh, can we ever get the money to get these things? It was just too big for us. It just became too big. Yeah. We were just in the way, if you like. Yeah. I remember going to see someone else's film and just really low budget and just said, he just turned to me afterwards, the director, and said, why don't you just go make something low budget? Why yeah. are you trying to do something so yeah. big? Yeah. And that kick-started me to then find Johnny Grant's script, The Nobodies, and then me and him in turn wrote The Dare, and suddenly that yeah. got made. And yeah. suddenly it took a long yeah. time. But, you yeah. know, and that, that sometimes you need that kickstart to go, why so big a project? Just go out and make it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And talking of Kickstarter, if we can, you know, that, that's how we've mm. got a lot of finance together, just doing a, a crowdfund, you know, because um, mm. obviously you do need, even if you're doing it for next to nothing, you still need a considerable sum of money to do it, you know, yeah. just to sort of have everything there. You know, it's that thing, if you don't have money yourself, any amount of money is, is difficult, isn't it? Mm. But there are, you know, it's not undoable. You yes. know, as we've proved, you, you know, there are people if you've if if I think if people respond to the script and it does all this stuff comes back to script and, mm, and whether people are people are, you know, into a script enough a to come and join you, you know, and be a part of it or b to cough up some money or, you know, whatever it, it is all about that. Or give their time script. and effort. For yeah, free. no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, because your short film you no one got paid right? benchmark. benchmark yeah absolutely no one got paid benchmark. we just had we covered minimal costs of pe fe pe feeding people on set yeah. and getting people to set which was down in bristol and um but aside from that yeah it was all favors pulling favors yeah, yeah. yeah. which is what it is and it's again it goes down to that networking thing of meeting if you don't know people go meet people yeah go meet a dfp or a screenwriter if you can't write it yourself and yeah. make it make yeah. it happen yeah i mean i knew all the actors in the in the film in sync and uh yeah mainly you know, we'll because of your acting that, background as yes. well yes yeah yeah that really yeah. does help um, and that obviously helps enormously yeah perfect time to talk about sync then let's jump into that okay um do you want to give the pitch about what it's about before i read what T I terribly oh, wrote down. Why don't you read? I'm terrible at pitching. I'm really the worst pitcher in the world. So do not, why don't you? Why don't you? Do I'll it? read yeah. it. But yeah. interestingly, on that, because yeah. again, when I'm talking about when you're meeting people and meeting investors and uh, producers, yeah. is you do need to be able yeah, to I know. pitch it's your a, story. I, I don't say that with any pride or you no, know, sort of no. Of course, it. it's not like <laughs> it's, a, it's an absolute you know fault of mine that I haven't got this sorted enough. But I'm terrible. I've got you know other scripts that I'm working on now, 
and I'm just crap at you know getting it. And I know there's a technique, isn't there? There's there is. To be a, there's a technique, you, you, <clears throat> and I've tried it, and it just always it never sounds. I, I think it's, it's just me being shit. I think it's to do with passion. <laughs> See, well, I know I reckon I got the dare made because of my passion, not necessarily the story, even though that's amazing. Um, no, it's because of what I yeah, came no, to the table with going, no, no, this is happening. Yeah, this, this, yeah this. I completely see that. Yeah, I think yeah. we've talked about that in terms of the, the Food for Thought documentary mm. we're making, which is that underpinning the whole thing is this ethos of we're not trying to sell someone on the idea. We're trying to make someone believe what we believe. Yeah. And it's that, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah. It's the same principle. It's just, and the passion is what what draws that out. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I, and obviously, the food for thought doc is all about uh, changing the landscape and veganism and what is happening with the world now, and why yeah. why we want to make a difference and why people want to make a difference. And yeah. Sometimes that's easier to latch onto because we're massively passionate about that. Mm. Yeah. But if you're not passionate about your project, yeah. You're going to come across like, no, absolutely. oh, I've got this script. Uh, yeah, it. no, absolutely. And I, I, I mean, clearly yeah. you've got to have passion in order for these people to come and, and do it. But I, uh, and, um, you know, and I think people read, even if you, even if you completely muck up the pitch, as oh, I, yes. I've done to my cost a few times, <laughs> there is still something there where you just go, you know, and actually if somebody on the other side is good or knows what they're doing, mm. they'll see that and they'll say, well, what, what do you mean? What's that? And, then, and then it will That's lead true. it out. And then, and then you, it's just, it's just about, it's just about being rooted in it, isn't it? Yes. And knowing knowing yeah. it, just knowing it. And, you know? and of course the, the principal part of your role, your job yeah. is to, is to get into the creative process and make a finished product on yeah. the screen. Yeah. So the pitch, albeit absolutely crucial and important, isn't yeah. it? isn't your primary role no it's, it's an important part of the whole puzzle but they they'd rather you did a bad pitch in a great movie of course totally, yeah. And, yeah and also i suppose with sync you know i was sheltered from it because it, it was me going to people who already knew me and knew yeah. the thing and they you know I, mm. I knew they would read the script and it was the script that was going to make the difference you know so yes so it was so an I easier didn't have that whole process had i not been in that situation i would have just had to go and learn how to Pitch yeah. it properly, you know. But now you <laughs> can. I, should, I suppose I should have done it. Anyway. Should. But now you can let Sync do the talking if you like, because it is a fantastic film. Well, so you therefore, you can go. Listen, <laughs> I'm not pitching to you. Just watch this. <laughs> well, here's my next script. Uh, of course, it. I wish it were that easy. Of course, but, yeah. yeah only. <laughs> here are my nice, bank uh, details, and here is. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. So Sync, <laughs> it's a drama about Mickey Mason. He's a skilled manual worker who, since the banking crash, can find nothing but menial zero-hour jobs. He takes a course of action that is completely out of character, but it's the only way he can see of keeping his family together. That is the story, and I think the other problem I had with the pitch is whenever I describe the film, it sounds so grim. Yes, <laughs> well, this is what think, I wanted to talk about. I just, I just think, God, that sounds grim. But actually, it's very, it's very humorous, and it has a lot of, um, of humour in it, and a, a, a lot of... Um, heart i think if i can say it that really does my, yeah um, I film. but i think it yeah that so that and that's hard to get across in a you know because that is the bare bones of it is is true it mm. is about this you know desperate situation that a lot of people find themselves in yes but my a- angle on it is that you know people in even people in desperate situations still have there's still normal going on in their lives do you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. still that sense of people talking to each other without you know screaming and mm-hmm. and you know people still laugh you know and fall in love and do all the things that anybody else does it's just that people are you know having a really tough time and 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 not to belittle that and that's what the thing is is um you know a lot of the film is is about is how desperate it is for so many people you know Mm. and he really does you you really do see that desperation yeah you do but alongside that i think there's there has to be a sense of 
of of normal going on. Yeah, which is all those things you just described. So, how did you come up with the story? How did you write it? So, I um, I live in in the area where it's shot, which is sort of New Cross, Deptford, Broccoli around there, and there there's a there are a lot of very challenged estates you know there's a lot of estates where you know people are having a really difficult time uh and it's just this fluke of of geography that you know from just about every direction you look you see canary wharf you know mm. with the skyscrapers and, and blinking, away. Uh, blinking away and the huge bank signs yeah. at the top and it literally there's one road that i drive down a lot and you know it literally looks as if they're popping up at the end of the road it's a sort of illusion because they're on the other side of the river so that sense of those two worlds um you, you really keenly feel you know where 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 i live mm. and it just it it was the anger about what happened with the crash never went away about you know the the the, the huge fraud i mean mm-hmm. aside from the incompetence and everything else it was a vast fraud on a huge scale where people were selling derivatives they knew to be worthless yes and continued to do it you know until the whole thing fell down that's the big banking crash in england uh, for those of us yes yes and we have lots of lovely listeners 2008 2008 and by a complete fluke of timing the 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 film is coming out on the sort of 10th more or less the 10th anniversary it happened Mm. late late 2008 amazing um often when you're writing something there's a sort of there's a world that you feel you want to say something about, mm. or at least for, for me, I think. Um, and that was definitely it. You know, I felt very angry about that. that the cause of, of so many people's distress uh, was a fraud committed by hugely wealthy people who have continued to be, you know. And it's nothing's changed. So mm. nobody was really brought to book for it. There was no... You're right. There was no yeah. real prosecution. Mm. They were tinkered at the edges. But the actual core... Uh, structure of what was going on has never been questioned mm. um, and I thought well after a year I could understand that not at the time and so it got me to thinking well wh- you know if that's happened with such devastation and nothing is done about it wh- wh- how are we dealing with that morally you know where is our moral compass around that mm. and who's to say somebody in a really desperate situation doing something illegal because he has to feed his you know family wh- are we saying that's wrong as well, and we clearly do say that that's wrong, quite rightly. But where you know that that gap, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, fa- kind of fascinated me actually. Uh, and then it's about finding a character. I think these three generations of, of of working class men, I just had in my head, and the difference in the relationship to work over those three generations. You know, you necessarily have to focus in on one person to take you through the story and it very quickly became mickey and mickey's story and that, that was the way how was your screenwriting process then did you write every day did you have yeah. a, a treatment yeah I, I prepare quite thoroughly beforehand so i have i i know you know i know structurally where i'm going and i know my characters and i've i've done biographies and i'm i'm very thoroughly prepped um and there's a paradox about that because I think some people think, well, no, just start writing because otherwise you're too locked into it. I find the reverse. I think mm. if I'm that well prepped, I could be much freer when I come to write it because I, I, I have a structure already and I can go in and out of that structure without panicking, you know. So I, I'm very well prepped. And then when I'm writing, I just kind of do, you know, I get up early and do a block of three hours. And I find the morning uh, is a good time to really write. Really good time, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and uh, so, I, and, and it's weird if I don't get that early morning block in, yeah. I can faff around faff the rest around of the day and, and putting completely, it you, you know, lose it. Mm. Um, and so that that thing is, and I just get up and have a coffee and go straight, straight to, to it. Yeah. Don't do anything else. Don't look don't at even anything. Shower, else. you know, yeah, it's yeah. revolting. It's, but, but, you just, <laughs> but you just, but you just, you, 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 it, you yeah. do, and, and that, yeah. and that way, I, I know I'm, I'm off. I shower later, obviously. But, oh, um, maybe but, uh, sometimes. But I, I do. I find that kickstart makes mm-hmm. me you know uh, sorts me out for the day yes uh, and then I'll, I'll have other you know so I, I tend to write in three hour blocks and, and okay. i'll often do another three i definitely do another three hour block and sometimes i might be do another little tinker after that as well mm. see i either like doing that first thing i totally agree get up don't do anything else don't look at emails don't look at facebook nothing just straight in or in the middle of the night when no one else can bother me you know you're not getting emails you know no one's on social media not really so therefore, I can go. I can put that aside, and it yeah. won't matter. Yeah. And so I can write until five, six in the morning. Yeah. I think that really, that, from what both of you have said, it really points to some important advice because, because the reason you do that is because you feel it, right? It's not like there's, yes, a, there's no it. book that's going to say the time to write is three hours in the morning no. or middle of the night. It's your no. journey. It's your journey. It's how you when you feel and, when, and basically you know that by when you sit down to write and and you're just scratching your head and and it just hurts. Yeah. Don't. Because when it's supposed to flow, it flows, and and that's how you find out what time you're supposed to do it, and and do your writing then. Yeah. Yep. Don't make it any harder for yourself than it yep. has to be. Absolutely. Having said that, there is also a thing I think where you you know there will be days when it feels like a bit stuck, and I, I I'm I'm quite strict now about not walking away from it. Oh really? Yeah. Ah. So I still will sit there for the you know two and a half hours and just get something down. Right. You know, that's, and often yeah. I can. Often it kicks Power me through, through it. it. It just even if it's it unblocks, it doesn't yeah, matter. And, and that is Come another really it. important point. Mm. Don't if it's cr- if it's rubbish. Don't it doesn't matter because yeah. you're going to be going over all this again anyway. Just mm. just move forward. Just have a sense of momentum about yeah. it. Because it's quite. It's not that easy to. People say is drama the right way forward because it's a hard sell. I think when you're making something micro budget, very low budget, it is the right way to go. I feel it's better than comedy because comedy people look for set pieces. Whereas drama, you can literally go out of your iPhone and shoot on the street now and yeah. you'll forgive sound and you'll forgive bits yeah. and pieces as long as the story's right. Yes. Maybe. But was that one you're thinking when you sort of go, look, I'm going to do this drama, I want to make it? I think you're right that if you've got a, um, you know, a story that, that works in that, in that way, in that as a drama, mm. it's probably the easier route. But you do end up with a film that you know is a difficult sell. Yes, unless they unless you can get people to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is a real brick wall about you know low budget drama. Yeah, um, which you have to you, have you to know you just have through, to which pummel is, way through. You did excellently. So now you've got your script, you've got your screenplay. How did you then go on to go? Right, I'm going to make this. What was the next step? It was that day, actually. It was that day of saying, well, I'm going to start sending this out now to people. Mm. Um, and that was the first the first thing. So I sent it to Martin Herdman, who plays Mickey. That's and we'd, amazing. We, who is brilliant, he's I think. He's amazing. a great job. I, it's, I can't is believe he? I've not he's seen just, him. In, he's just so incredible. He's in a feature, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, role. it's just... Nicely we, done, We shared a, a, a dressing room in Antony and Cleopatra, mm-hmm. at, uh, which was at Liverpool and then Chichester. And uh, during that time, I saw a short that he'd made um, called Right, R-I-T-E, which was directed by Michael Pierce, who made Beast. Beast. Oh, mm. Beast's amazing. Yeah. New indie film out now. And it's a wonderful short. Um, mm. And Martin was, you know, brilliant in it. And in that way, you know, he showed me this short that he'd made and I was showing him scripts and all that. 
And I just knew he'd be, as I started writing Sync, I just had him, you know, yes, in my head. Uh, so I sent him the script and he really loved it. Um, and then I started sending out to other people and I just thought, well, I know the, you know, I know I can get these, I knew people who lived in these flats. Right. <laughs> I knew, I mean, all the locations of people I know. Amazing. Um, and, uh, you just go and beg, steal and borrow and, and, yeah. and just say, can we come and do this? And amazingly, you know, most people are kind of up for it. Not always, but you know, most people are mm. at least, you know, will listen to but you. Getting and, back to and, the quality of the script. On on that basis, they uh, yeah. Well, well I guess the um, actors were you know on the script, on, but I suppose the, the other script, people the were other people who's it's on your personality and you going and being nice and sure. yeah, and I uh, yeah, and I guess that you're committed to it and mm. you know mm. you you want to you really want to do it and can they help you know yeah. So you had all that in place. You were thinking right, I've got a cast now, some cast. Yes, I've got some locations, and now I can use. Yes. How did you raise finance? So the first thing was uh, a Kickstarter mm. thing. Which is hard as fuck, right? It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. And I think what it does is, um, I mean, I, actually, I was surprised. I was about to say it's not, it's not strangers giving you money. It's people you know. But that, that it isn't an urban myth. There are strangers <laughs> who are sort of looking on, mm. online and will put in, you know, some money. But the vast majority of it is it's people that you know. Friends and, and family, what yeah. I think it does is rather than going directly to somebody and saying, you know, Give me Can money. give us yeah. 20 quid or 100 quid or whatever it is. It just provides a sort of conduit to do it. So, you you know, rather you say, could you have a look at this, you know, Kickstarter thing? We're raising money for our film. It's, it just feels like one removed. It's a little less awkward. Mm-hmm. And and people see the the Kickstarter page and they see what have you done. You know, I did a sort of bit to camera about talking about the film. And, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they are the tuning to that or, or they don't and that that's what sort of gets it going but it, it, it it's really hard yeah yeah it's really hard and how much did you want to raise uh 10 grand 10 grand and we we sort of we somehow managed to get the you know and th- we shot it for 35 grand okay great glad um, you said that's really good and um which i'm told i'm not supposed to say but i don't I care. know people always say that it's weird though isn't it, it? It, i mean I, it's to do know, with sales we're all, we're all yeah you know we're all trying to do this stuff I know. Aren't we? so i mean yeah. it's just kind of i think it's if you if you say to um a distributor or a sales agent yeah we well, made it for 35k they'll go yeah. oh well i'll buy it for 45 then well it yeah it's but partly if, that and it is is <clears throat> it is also partly just there is a sort of there's a shutter that comes down yes. now i think for for that micro a budget you yeah know, it's just the, people go, well, there are that. assumptions <laughs> made about it's it that, you dreadful. know it's just gonna sort of and, and, away. yeah that, and that's very misguided isn't it because there's some fantastic sync included fantastic mm. micro budget films out there yeah. there are I, I i guess a distributor would say there are also a, a lot a lot because more it is of, so easy to yeah. make a Not film so you know you can make it you know mm. to, i mean 35 grand to me felt like you know, it might as well have been 35 million. And yet, somehow you get to it. You know, somehow it's, it's possible. Yeah. You know. So you've now got the money. And then you get an amazing cast. And we talk about this amazing cast because they're all wonderful working actors. Yeah. You've got Martin Herdman, Ian Hogg yeah. as the granddad, who was amazing. Marlene yeah. Sidaway, yeah. Uh, Tracy Wilkinson, who was yeah. so it's good. Wonderful, yeah. uh, Joshua Herdman, yes, who is Martin's son and real life son, yes, and is in is fantastic in Harry Potter as well. Yes, uh, yes. Yourself as Paul, uh, Sadie Shimin, Shimin, yes, Shimin, 
yeah. uh, Sadie Shimin, and my good mate Simon Hepworth. Yeah, you know Simon. So, yeah, he was yeah. in one of my short films, oh. uh, Forty Seven Cleveland. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, great. So he's a lovely guy as well. Yeah, yeah. So you got those that cast from yeah. knowing them all. Yes, I knew them all. Um, great. Or I'd seen them and met them. You know, I'd seen them in a theatre thing and gone to meet them and yeah, and said you know about it. But most of them I knew or, or had you know worked with. I'd worked with the majority of the cast actually. Amazing, yeah, amazing. So that's and that, obviously that's a huge advantage if you you know in terms, totally. in terms of getting people in. But now you're as a director, not mm. as an actor, with mm. them. Was there any kind of uh, oh, how's it going to be me directing them? No, any questions I didn't. From them? No, I didn't feel any. Um, that, I mean, they were all great. You know, it was so easy. They were they, they were just great. Um, I mean, we we rehearsed, which I. I mean, I just, I, I would thoroughly recommend, um, and that that gave us the chance to to really get a hold of stuff because I knew, you know, mm. on that budget that that just w- I knew what the time lock would be like yes. and the pressure would be like yeah. on on, yeah. on the set. light going, so yeah, the sort of uh, uh, location coming back, exactly, exactly, all all that stuff happened, mm. and uh, yeah. you know, but to have a block of time away from that. Um, and before it happens where you can just spend the time getting underneath what's there and you know really getting to what you know what the characters are about is so useful essentially yeah. like a play yeah. well i did i do yeah. i did see the rehearsal period kind of as a play you know mm-hmm. as, as if you were doing a play this yeah. is un- this is unusual talk about that some more because this is really unusual and really interesting because it's a process that you you don't hear about very often no and i know that i'm sure the cast absolutely loved it you, yeah. you rehearsed for a month correct yeah it was roughly. three weeks three actually. weeks yeah. okay yeah um how did that? How did that sort of come about? What, what did when you put that to the cast initially? Yeah. What was the response you got? Uh, everybody said great, you know, because I mean they weren't there for the whole three. Weeks. You know, the people were coming in to do. Martin was there obviously every day because he's in every scene. So we just, you know, we took over the local church hall to me, and um, and people would come in and out as they were, you know, rehearsing scenes. Mm. But they were all, you know, it, I think actors love to do that because there is something about going onto a film set as an actor that is terrifying because you, yes. you 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 haven't had that chance that first thing of just getting through mm-hmm. you know the lines that you know so the lines don't just sound like lines anymore they sound like people talking to each other and yes that, to do that in a pressurized context is really really tough and, and, and with a drama we all do as well. it with somehow we all kind of manage it yeah. somehow yeah but it's not the way you would choose to do it so you know stepping away from that everybody was delighted you know i don't think people understand in the process of acting you know if you're i mean if you're producing something and you and you're you know you're doing the accounts of that it's it feels indulgent to them i think but it 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 gives you that other depth and that those other colors that will make a difference yeah for sure completely Uh, i'm absolutely convinced of that it's a great way to do it i um, i i did rehearse on the dare but when i came to shoot i realized it wasn't enough and i rehearsed a lot and that's proved it. You know, you really do need to rehearse if you can afford to do it. And, and in fact, even if you can't, just do it anyway. Yeah. Go to their house, wherever yeah. you need yeah. to go and yeah. rehearse. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Okay, so yeah, same with your crew then, because you yeah. had an amazing crew. But as we know, it's from the credits. You had uh, six editors and nine focus pullers. <laughs> yes. And of course, they weren't all there <laughs> on the same day. Of course um, they were. But, uh, yeah, that'd be crazy. A, as a result of... It's my um, turn. Get off. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that Yeah, let, let me pull focus. Uh, no, me, me. It's going in and out of focus the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've broken the lens. <laughs> You're uh, fired. Next. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's no. why so much of it was soft focus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what an interesting idea, that soft focus. Of. Um, yeah, it's directly as a result of, of people working for deferrals, you know, mm. and uh, which was the only way we could uh, get it made. And uh, everybody came in and agreed to do it on that uh, basis. And I was really clear about the finance of it everybody you know from investor to runner had exactly the same financial thing yeah absolutely and and everybody knew what you know so uh if if and when the film touch wood somewhere if and when the film makes money you know everybody knows that their deferrals will be paid and then everybody knows what their profit share will be for here on in yeah and so it's all very you know because i think it's a uh, having done you know worked for deferrals myself Mm -hmm. quite a lot um you know, don't take the piss. It's yeah. just be very upfront. It's a huge thing to ask somebody to come and work and, and, you know, ask a skilled, talented person to come to work for you for nothing. It's mm-hmm. a huge thing to ask and don't ever forget it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of just be really respectful of that, I think. I agree. Um, and just have everything really uh, absolutely transparent in terms of the financial. And then feed them really well you know just get great catering because then they're happy because it's like yeah, well, it's i think it's happier. just you're just you're just showing that you you know you're not taking them for granted you're just showing a bit of love yeah you know, value yeah value absolutely. yeah exactly don't value. get cheap pizzas and yeah. cheap sandwiches no no you also had a great drp with simon archer yes because he's very talented anyway yeah, very talented uh, and, and then, very then seeing sync as well was like wow okay this is great how did you pull him in uh, that was a huge coup um, mm. because I never imagined. He read the script. He really liked the script. He's actually the brother of Karen Archer, who plays the Parkside care home manager. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's how I'd, so I'd known him before, and she's great. She's and I've great. worked with Karen um, uh, 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 before in a theatre. And um, so I'd always, you know, known Simon and known his work and all that, and I'd sent him the script, and he said, yeah, I'd love to do it, but I can't do it for nothing yeah i said well really why not um no he said and he i said uh no i I completely understand Mm -hmm. and um and then he just had a job fall through for about two months time and he said i know they're not going to be able to get me anything in this short time so if you can if you can make it happen for that gap right i'll come and do it which was great came he lives in in bath oh came and lived in my neighbor's spare room wow. for the four week shoot. I mean, you know, what a just, guy. I mean, amazing. amazing. And he and I would, would unload the, because we couldn't leave this gear in the van. So it's you and it him. Was, it was me and him lugging camera and gear into the house every night and getting up and putting it in the van first thing in the morning. Oh my God. And that's I mean, tough. No, that's a DOP. That, that is, wow. A D, wow. That is a, you know, which is, was it the lighting kit as well? Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's a hard, I mean, he, he, he oh, worked, I've done he, that. He did miracles with the, with the he really lights did. that we had. Yeah. I mean, he had a, t- a tiny kit, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we shot on Red Epic. Nice. Uh, with a bunch of Cook Prime was, lenses. Was that his was own lovely. kit? No, uh, I, I borrowed, it. I borrowed the kit, actually, the, uh, the, the red, uh, we, we had to pay for the lenses, but they gave us a really good deal. Uh, a lot of the lighting gear um, we got, you know, as a favour. Okay. But the other thing is that because of Simon, you know, we were really punching above our weight with mm. focus pullers and, you know, because people wanted to work with Simon and Great. he knew people, you know, that he could ask to come in and, you know, so. And suddenly your film already looks higher quality. Yeah, and than... so suddenly you've got a, you know, yeah. it's it's got a look it's, and it's, it shows. It really shows. It does, it looks yeah. great. Yeah, but no. also what that did by him saying you've got a two-week... 
you've got oh, I've got a window here yeah. has made you go right I, I, I've got to do it then right absolutely, it absolutely. You. it was mad and I I was trying to find a producer to come in and do it and I just mm. couldn't find it and by the time because the clock was ticking away I just thought I, by the time I've sort of explained what still needs to be done and I I just need I I know I can just do this myself so I ended up you know producing I never intended to produce the bloody oh thing as well you weren't busy were you no. <laughs> it was um, mad it was <laughs> absolutely mad and then, and then on the set because there was you know I I, I was trying to find locations and stuff Holy as, shit. And, and and at one time a location fell through and I was trying to find you know in between stuff trying to get and uh, but I knew I had crew for the first four days because obviously people were having to leave to get paid work you know, yeah completely, understandably and um, I knew I had crew for the first four days like a full crew yeah and then I sort of didn't quite know what was going to happen but I just thought well some something you know I'll, I'll you know three days time I'll just be on the phone and you know we'll, 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 oh, as well I as never, directing yeah. and acting but I never made a call because all the people that were going to do stuff were finding their own replacements and they were making wow. the calls to say come and work can you come and work on this film for a Doesn't that just speak volumes of the the level of commitment people will give to a project that they believe in? It was really, I mean, I still get moved, but it's still that that sense of people doing that and just kind of, and it was all so effortlessly, you know, nobody was making a big thing of it. I came over one day and said, oh, do you know anybody who might come in? And somebody said, yeah, 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 no, they're coming in, yeah, I've got somebody coming in. Oh, Oh, wow. And it happened right the way through the shoot. Oh, amazing. On every discipline. Yeah. Incredible. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. How did you find directing then, you know, first stepping on set? And obviously you're acting in it as well. I I just loved it. Um, and, uh, y- you know, uh, again, it's preparation. It's all about having, knowing exactly what you can get together. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said before, that that for me enables me to, to feel I can change things if I need to, you know, because I'm, I'm very solid about what I want. So loads of little diagrams that probably meant nothing to anybody else but me and sort of you know angles and camera angles and Mm -hmm. and because i'm not an artist yeah i'm really bad at doing storyboards so my storyboards look ridiculous you know but they're kind of pin figures but i but i i like i i really like uh i like an overhead plan nice um so i'm looking at a bird's eye view down Mm. on and uh, so i know where people are and where the spaces are and where the camera's going to be and where it's going to go and mm. i i made a decision um 
he says grandly. It was partly making a decision and partly as a result of, you know, not having much gear. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, you t- I tried to make that a positive and I was trying to th- think of a sort of visual way of, of doing this without moving the camera too much um, because we didn't really have the, you know, the equi- we didn't have um, dolly stuff to to, to do very often. Uh, did you have a dolly though? Was it? No, around? we no. didn't really. No, we did for one one shot right at the end where we come in on mm. uh, on Martin, but we didn't we didn't have a a dolly. And actually, by the time we started shooting, I'd got in my head what I what I wanted from that visually, and which and that was all about. I had this idea that we were kind of like when you go into the neighbor's house into a, or a relative's house, and you're just sort of sitting there and it's all kind of happening mm. around you and i really i like that idea and actually i'm i'm slightly skeptical of too much camera movement anyway um mm. i think i think we've you know i think there's because it's so so much easier to do um tracking shots now i think we've lost what often what the what the track is supposed to do in terms of adding to story yes and if it's not adding to story then it's just a a nice visual thing which mm. might be fine mm-hmm. and and that's all very well but but it's it's great if you can find what your story logic is in that camera move. You I know? agree, that's great. And uh, and and likewise, the opposite um, is I was I was really interested in just having a very still camera and seeing what's happening in this world, just plonking yourself down and having this stuff happening around us, mm. and then contrasting that with when Mickey's out in the street and out in his world, we were sort of following him around with you know handheld and uh, yeah. a, a little bit of that here and yeah. there just to, to 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 sort of take us into his head mm. um and i i'm pleased with the result of it i think I, I i like you know i like the fact that we've been um uh very spare with the camera i agree moves. it's very assured directing it sort of says i don't need to move the camera to tell this story necessarily here what it does is i'm working with the actors i'm getting the performance we're following the story through that rather than fancy camera moves yes and also the power of the cut which is Mm. cliche but it's a it's a really lovely thing when you when you just get that cut that just works just because you've cut it's that weird thing you know that alchemy that just kind of comes together and that feels you know that's great yeah are you shot listing as well yes absolutely all all shot list yeah so i know what i need to to, to, to cover the, the scene and yeah, yeah yeah okay great but that's the other thing we weren't you know spending two hours a day going to a location or you know it was all very close so people had to come to us to where yes. we were obviously and we had breakfast in in the local kind of church hall place that we had mm-hmm. you know seconded for the time <laughs> and uh and that was great and then um as i say we'd go to lunch you know just around the corner at this yeah cafe owner's house and yeah. So it, it all felt very contained. Apart from the trip, we had this one trip to France because I wanted mm, to Calais. Yeah, mm. and and beyond, slightly beyond. Um, and uh, we did that. Um, I mean, it was really we. That was very guerrilla. You know, we weren't. I was going to say it's bonkers because you're there shooting at security gates, and you're, you know. I yeah. mean, well, no, actually, that's a, is, uh, is without that... giving too much, uh, g- giving secrets away. We were on and off the ferry. That's true. Okay. And the roads in France, that's all true. The, 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 the shooting on, you yeah. know, on proper French roads, because yes, you, you can't take that because it's on the other side of the road and all that. But everything else we did. So the, the dock scene yeah. is not a 
I won't say too much about that. That was cool because for the uh, illusion. But that, it's um, amazing because I didn't. No, no. It's, it's I really, was like, how it's did very they clear, do yeah, this? That's also in southeast London. That, that it's incredible. Yeah, it really works really well. I yeah. believed it all. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, that's good. And but I think you do have to be guerrilla. You do have to just pick up the camera sometimes. You and go, do. do. You know what? I have to shoot this. Yeah. So you, you, if no, I ask permission, I'm not going to get it. No. Go no. shoot. No. And if they push us away and say you can't do that, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Do the shot from further back or. Yeah, come back next week. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've got to do that. Okay, great. Well, it sounds like the filmmaking process was not a dream, but it went well. Were yes. you happy when you were shooting it? Then is everything you were like, okay, I'm getting what I want. Um, yes and no. You, uh, I, I, I didn't watch rushes too often um, mm. as we were going through because I sort of knew that I, I, you know, I didn't really have a chance to do much about it anyway. There were certain scenes that I'd, I'd, I'd look at. I know I would always. Um, Look at uh, I'd always do replay uh, after a, yeah, a shot, back, yeah. But of course, the difficult thing on a on a tiny budget is uh, is post, um, and uh, that's when it all kind of you really feel that it, you, you, that's when that's when you need a uh, you, you that's when you notice that you're you're it's you're you're, you're at a huge disadvantage, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's because um, I, a, I think there's not quite as much um, precedent for people doing it that way. You know, people doing it for deferrals or whatever. It doesn't. It's not. It's not quite the same area. Um, but also just because it's so sequential. Mm. So you know, one guy can't do his until the guy before has done his, and it, it, you know, and and, yeah. and often that whole thing can unravel. You know. Uh, and and you literally start again because you're doing finding different people to do something and they're coming in and you know so that was that was really difficult and it was that that took a long a long time yeah. and because um, you shot this in 2017 no it was we shot it in uh, 2014 I mean it's been a it, it's been four years getting it from shooting it wow. to now yeah it's been a huge kind of yeah it's just taken taken that long yeah. It just does. It, it just does, and that was uh, a the 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 huge time it took in post, both to get a cut of it that I was happy with, mm-hmm. and also all the other you know post stuff, the grade and the thing. It sounds frustrating as well for you to sort of go, "I've made this film, but I can't finish I just it. Can't get it finished exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this: you can't get down the waterfall. You yeah, just yeah, sort of no, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Getting battered by yeah. the water. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I feel yes. for you. Uh, I'm kind of similar situation now with the dare. I feel very yeah. similar place. I'm like, come on, can we just release this film now? Yeah. Just want it done, and it's insanely frustrating. Yeah. So you you managed to get distribution, which is yes. great through well, the that, now. Again, that uh, the, this um, you know s- shooting till now has been sort of partly a huge amount of time on post and partly a huge amount of time finding someone to sell someone the film of course to, to get the film out there because it's an indie drama and how do you sell an yeah, indie drama yeah and i actually the vast majority of uh distributors won't watch it you know i mean i was applying to everybody yeah. and um most of them and you know very politely but they were saying i can't i just can't do a low and budget how can I sell I, it? How, you, you, and and it all comes back to cast you know for them it's all about who's your lead actor right and i said it's a brilliant performance, you know, and it, and and it, like, it yeah, means nothing, you know, and it's... Uh, They'd it's, rather have it, a really bad performance yeah, from Yeah, I know, and it just, it's so odd. It's so odd. And I suppose if you're, you know, you have to, you, 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 you have to stop yourself taking it personally um, and you have to sort of step back and say, this is a business and their business, you know, 
which needs a certain amount of money every year to pay their wages and pay the building they're in and all that, they can't take risks on it, you know. No. And from their point of view, the the way they sell a film is through lead cast. Yes. Uh, so if you've taken that key sales thing away from them, mm-hmm. they're saying, well, you've, you've, I've got nothing yeah, here to, it's to, just to drama. sell it It's another drama. Exactly. And actually, I made the decision, and this is, I'm really glad I did this, because it was getting very dark about, you know, not finding an outlet for this film that everybody had worked so hard on. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just made the decision, look, let, I just let's just screen this bloody film. Let's just get it in front of... So, I, I, and because of the the political nature of it, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought, well, a, a, perhaps an audience that would be willing to, to see this would be, you know, political parties. or So we did a we did some Labour Party local sort of regional mm-hmm. uh, branch, like meetings where we'd show the film and have a discussion afterwards or Quaker, a couple of Quaker things. And, right. you know, um, and that for me was the big, that's what I needed from it. I needed, because I, as soon as it went in front of audiences, these Q&As were just amazing you know people mm-hmm. really getting the film and really understanding what, what what we were saying with it and i just oh this is that's great and that, if only for for my sort of head and my yeah, my re-energizing yeah. you know my my energy coming back into the project um not that it ever went but you know what i mean it's oh, very totally. it, you it, can it, get you, down you, about but it, it. But you get very down and, you do. and, and so um so that was that was great and actually it what i thought was well if we can just get people talking about it something stands a chance of happening if if we don't do that we're then just stuffed just you know shelf. then yeah. you're just you're just a- applying to people who are, you know aren't going to take any notice and it worked it worked you know people did talk about it you know there was sort of facebook stuff and and through a you know convoluted uh process um finally colin birch at verve pictures saw the film and uh, you know, agreed to come in and 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 they're distributing it uh, now, which is which is great, you know, which is amazing. And it does it makes it uh, it gives it a sort of um, a standing. I think having a, a distributor just it's that sense that um, you know I I was trying to get it into cinemas myself, and you it's really hard, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas they can they have that connection, they have that um, relationship with cinemas that they can you know. They say, do it, yeah. have a look at this film, you know. Yeah, and you can do it yourself. You uh, I've got some friends no, who've can. done it, but you it's a full-time can. job yes. doing it, it yourself. It's absolutely and, a full-time yeah. job, and, you know, it's 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 very difficult, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so great news. Now it's being released. Yep. This must be an enormous relief. It is. And a joy, because the reviews coming back are sensational. The, yes, we've had... Um, total Film gave it four yeah, stars. Yes, yeah. Box. No, we've had some, some lovely um, and uh, some lovely film blog reviews, and uh, mm-hmm. our... Um, we have a press screening tomorrow where we're hoping some Get even other more. reviewers, you know, will be in. So yes, it's, it's getting to that point where it feels like it's, you know, getting out there. Yes. Do you, do you know? Yeah. And on Friday will be the day you can, can go buy this film. Please do. It's, oh, this is how to make an indie drama on a micro budget. Mm. This is how to do it. This is the standard you should all be aiming for. It really is that good. And I was yeah, so impressed you. with you and proud of you. Thank you. Uh, and I, Really enjoyed this film. Oh, thanks. I really did. I was um, was kind of blown away by it. And it, like I say, inspired me. And I called up Johnny Grant, my co-writer of The Nobodies, and said, you know what? We we keep trying to go bigger with The Nobodies. Why don't we just go make this film? Because the story is key and the story is amazing. And it's the same here with Sync. So it inspired me as oh, well. Wow, well, thank you. Which is great. Which is, I hope, I hope this inspires other people to go, yeah, I have got an indie drama. And I know they're hard to sell, but 
you can do it. Yeah. Even with hard work and a four-year yeah. timescale. I yeah. still think it's worth it. Um, okay, some advice for filmmakers out there who have made, who have written an indie drama or want to and want to make their indie drama. What is any bits of advice you can give them? Gosh, I, I mean, I, I don't think... That the, the thing about it is there's no, there's no obvious route, which is why it's so difficult. Mm. So, I mean, I think we... You know, we covered all the stuff earlier about it's got to be something that you feel the story has got to be something you feel passionate about. The characters, you've got to just really want to these characters out in the world. You know, mm. you you want to see them out there. Um, and, and and unless that's the case, I don't, you know, then don't, you know, find another story. Yes. Um, but if you do have that and you do, you, then I, I, I don't think there's a, there's a right way. It's just that idea of, you know, on the day when you're saying, can I really, you know, this is just stupid. Because it does feel a bit like that. It does feel like this is just mad. What am I even thinking? I can, do you know, I can't, I can't, how can, what do we do? You know, all these yeah. sort of things in your mutterings. head. <laughs> and it's on that day that you say, no, sod it, let's just do it. Yeah. And I can't, I, I, there's no more kind of, advice that i mean that's not advice even but it, i just think that's the difference between as we said earlier the difference between making it and not is making it do you know yeah, what i mean it totally just, know what you mean the self-doubt does creep in but course, you've got yeah. to overlook that and just go yeah. do you know what if it isn't any good don't worry about it yeah it doesn't matter go on and make your next yeah. one which yeah. will be good yeah or be better yeah I think that don't try and make your first one this massive award-winning best film you could ever make. It's it's just go. Well, it be the best thing you can ever make, but just go do it. Yeah, and don't expect it to be the best thing. Yeah, expect to just go make a film and yes. learn from it and make yeah. mistakes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, good. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Mark, for your Thank time. You. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you very um, much for asking me. If you have enjoyed listening to this, please like, share, like, <laughs> comma. Share and S-H-A-R-E. <laughs> to us on iTunes. Thank you so much, Mark. Where can people actually follow you on your social medias? Uh, our website is www.synclondon.com. Perfect. And everything is on there. Where we, we uh, The release date is the 12th, which this is Friday. Friday this Friday. Yeah. So all the cinemas that we will be showing it will have that up on the on the website. And go there's see a trailer it. and uh, Go see yeah. it. You'll be glad you did. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. You. Not you. I was talking to the <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you can too. You can yeah. go you watch get a free it. ticket. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> you'd hope. You never know. You turn well, up, imagine that turning up the cinema. No, I directed this thing. Well, there's no proof of that, is yeah, there? No, exactly. Well, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm in it as well. There's still no proof of that. I mean, you could just look like the guy. Yeah. Um, and what about your Twitter handle? I know you've got a Twitter. As well. uh, again, Sync London. So yeah. at Sync London on Twitter and Facebook. Perfect. Uh, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod or me at Giles Alderson. Dan, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dan Seven Tenths and Facebook Dan Richardson Actor. And what about our Food for Thought documentary? What about it? Where can where can people follow <laughs> that? Oh yeah, um, at Food Number Four Thought Doc. Food for Thought Doc. If you have any questions you want reading out on the show about filmmaking or if you have a screening or an Indiegogo campaign, let us know and we will shout it out for you. Being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send that elevator back down. Thank you for listening. Sync is out this Friday, the 12th of October. Next week's Filmmakers Podcast is with screenwriter and producer Claire Harris, 
who chats about writing and producing her debut film, Zealous. That is next Tuesday. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. And uh, just to add, Cher is playing in Vegas, I think. <laughs> uh, do follow Cher. She's lovely. Um, this was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check more shows like it at Podfix Network. Funny! (laughs) 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 Goodbye, everyone! Goodbye!